This is an NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Baseballism, a premium lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime. Baseballism is America's brand. Hey guys, this is Brian Hoke from MLB.com. Just wanted to congratulate you on 100 episodes. That's really impressive. Nice round number. Uh, congratulations again and keep on going. Um, see you at the ballpark soon, I hope. Now batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. Welcome back. This is episode 100 of the NYYST podcast presented to you by Baseballism.com. I'm your host, Christian. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You! And it's that guy, Ryan. What up? We did it. We did Never what? thought we'd get here, man. hundred times I've sat across from you. A hundred times. Have you sat across from me all 100 times? Didn't you used to be located to or next the side? To or next to you. Or next to you. What about me? What number pod do you think this is for me? Uh, Let's take guesses. I'll, I'll actually, when I'm bored one night, I will actually figure it out. I'm going to set the over under at 63. I was going to say 65, but I'm going to go higher. So you, so on that. I'm going to say 74. Wow, so that would be, I missed 26 of them? That sounds yeah. accurate. I'm gonna I'll go, no, I'll I'm go gonna, 70. I'm gonna, 72. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with 63. I think that's a good number. And we want to, from the bottom of our hearts, thank everybody for allowing us to produce 100 episodes. We wouldn't be here without the support of our uh, fans. So thank you very much. Uh, And to show your support for the podcast, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes so we can make 100 more of these episodes. Absolutely. Let's peel back the curtain for one second. Okay. All right. Because we do have an important interview we want to get to. Right now, if you search Yankees, say, right, in Apple Podcasts, as far as all the amateur podcasts go, meaning started with people who are not already celebrities and have a huge platform, we are right at the top. And at the same time, we've only been around half the amount of time as some of the other bigger podcasts that that we compete with. Um, in a sense, did you ever think we'd get this much support and do the things and talk to the people that we've talked to within the first hundred episodes of doing this show or ever really such a saturated market? You know, you have to figure that you're fighting an uphill battle, but you know, I always knew that we knew what we were talking about. We have a good rapport being great friends and you know your brother's along for the ride too so we're all familiar and comfortable with each other and that comes across and you know the fans see that when they or they don't see it but they hear it when they listen so you know and i don't ever want to give you any credit for anything but you're a remarkable salesman it's in your blood so you know how to scam people into doing right. things for you right so a little backhanded dig while you try and <laughs> compliment yeah me. i thought that was going to be a nice compliment no it's okay I, i'll take those i actually yeah. i'm more comfortable with that with that, you that kind of more genuine being a being an asshole but also complimenting me at the same time so i thought in my heart of hearts that it would be hard to make a dent in this market but i knew if the three of us worked at it hard enough and had the passion for it 
that we would be able to do it. Well, there's there's thousands of podcasts for the Yankees. You you don't even realize mm-hmm. it. And how many day how many times every single day do you see a new Yankees podcast come and follow us on Twitter or something like that? They're just constantly growing. the The podcast market is where everyone wants to be because you can do it, you know, at an affordable cost. And if you're good at it and passionate, and you continue to put out episodes weekly, which isn't easy to do, a lot of stuff gets in the way, especially in an off season like this one. It's not easy yeah. as well. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know if I ever had these types of expectations. I always thought we'd be great. I just didn't know because like you said, the saturated market, how difficult it would be to get to where we've gotten so far. But to be honest, I'm not, I'm not, you know, settling for where we're at. I want to be 10 times bigger and 10 times better throughout this season. So, but I appreciate everything up until this point because it's been absolutely incredible. How touching. Do you need a Kleenex now? I do not. We were uh, we were hoping to land a big fish in the Yankee universe for a 100th episode, and uh, I would say we got as big of a fish as we could have possibly gotten, and I think it's fair to say that when you have the voice of the New York Yankees on your show, that you landed a pretty big fish. Why, Christian, I thank you. Well, Christian, I thank you. However... So, without any further ado, enough of this sentimental nonsense from us. Let's go right to our interview with the voice of the New York Yankees, one Mr. John Sterling. All right, this interview with John Sterling is sponsored by Baseballism. Honestly, being someone who played baseball my entire life, through high school, through college, I couldn't be more excited that I that I stumbled upon Baseballism.com. And it's not just as a former player or as a fan. They have things for, for women, for men, for kids. Uh you know, my wife, my wife fell in love with baseballism.com. She was on the site for two minutes. Um, they have an affordable product, honestly, high quality. They are my go-to online shop. Visit baseballism.com. Be sure to use promo code MIYST for 15% off your entire order. Join the MIYST crew, folks, in sporting America's brand. Ball game over. Yankees win. Go! I'm leaving today. I want to be part of it. New York, New York. Kristen Christian of the NYY Sports Talk on with John Sterling, the voice of the New York Yankees. John, how you doing this afternoon? Well, marvelous. It's a beautiful day and um in just a few days, I'm leaving for spring training, so um, I'm very up at the moment. Well, that's good to hear. We're all excited for the 2019 season to begin. Uh, your first season with the Yankees was in 1989. You've been with the club over 30 years now. Uh, you've seen it all. The Yankees have won five World Series in that time. Uh, I know it might be hard to go through all those memories, but is there one game that really stands out to you that you've called out of all the games that you've called? Well, you are right. It's impossible to pick out. Um, I haven't missed a game in my Yankee 30 years. <laughs> Which so, is absolutely you know, incredible. A, you know, and, and, uh, in, the, in the Tory era, um, Joe managed 12 years and they made the playoffs 12 years. 
Well, that's a lot of big games, you know, when you, but anyway, to get to your question, to give you a, a good answer, um, I always cite the three games in Atlanta in 96 in the World Series, down 0-2, um, an Atlantan writer who I knew very well, Mark Bradley, uh, wrote an article, don't forget the Braves had won in 95, and he had written an article when the Yankees got to town that they were really not playing the Yankees of 96, they're playing the Yankees of 1927, and this uh, Atlanta Braves team could be called the greatest team in baseball. Uh, so the World Series, in effect, was over, and um, so the Yankees had to win a game, and they did. And now it's two games to one, and they're down six nothing in the sixth in game four, and get three, and then Layridge ties it with three in the eighth, and the Yankees shocked the Braves. Uh, they won in the tenth or eleventh inning, and. Um, and the final game in Atlanta, it was Pettit beating Smoltz one nothing, and you um, go on and on and on. But I always think of those three games as the three most exciting, greatest games in a row. And then, of course, uh, Joe Torrey's brother gets the the heart transplant on the off day, Friday. And on Saturday night, the Yankees win the World Series in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> those were pretty good games. John, I was listening to you on the radio during those games as a as a young kid, muted the TV and had you on the radio for those. Uh, so I was right along with you. But like you said, you haven't missed a game in 30 years. Um, so you've seen a lot of games, a lot of different teams. I'm sure it's easy for you to pick out a handful of Yankees that have always been exciting to to call a game for any opposing players that stand out to you that you've always um, been excited for to call a game? Oh, yes. Um, first of all, Boston had their great three and four hitters, David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez. And in Seattle, um, Edgar Martinez just tortured the Yankees. So, um, no, I've seen, obviously, you, you broadcast every game. Also, didn't miss a game with the Hawks and Braves in the 80s in Atlanta. So, really, it's 38 years. Um, well, I've seen a lot of great players. And also, I've well, I was raised in New York as a child and uh, immediately became a basketball, baseball, football, hockey fan. And I love seeing the visiting players come in. Oh, I rooted for the New York teams, but I love to see the visiting players and the greatness of the visiting players that would come into the garden or to, you know, Ebbets Field, Polo Grounds, and Yankee Stadium. So I've always loved the, uh, the, uh, the other players as well. Well, John, uh, what the Yankee fans love about you is your home run calls. They've become iconic. Uh, the first one was uh, Burn Baby Burn, if we're not mistaken. Where did that come from? Was that something that you had planned out if Bernie got a big hit in a certain game? Or was that just like oh, a no. spur of the moment thing that came to you? No, they're all, they all were spur of the moments uh, until this thing, and I, I'm happy about it, became a cottage industry. And you have to do something for everyone. But in, in the beginning, it, it just was certain players, uh, Bernard King, uh, Dominique, of course, with the Hawks. And, um, and then when Bernie, uh, I, I don't know why I said it, burn, baby, burn. And it caught on and that he loved it. And, um, and that was kind of the beginning of it with all the Yankee names. When a Yankee sign a new player, just to piggyback that, it's like, the thing that the fans ask the 
very first question they ask is what John Sterling's home run call is going to be for that new player. And you get the, you get a hundred different uh, guesses as to what it's going to be, and you always surprise us somehow. It, did you like? Did you ever think that it would take off and be this major thing inside uh, the Yankee universe amongst the fans? Oh, of course not. I mean, I it just happened. I said what I said. Um, I was doing a game in Atlanta, excuse me, and um, I was on TV, and Atlanta was a double-deck stadium, so the ball was always, you know, measured against the stands. In other words, if the ball was going out, you knew it, because they, they, they weren't any open spots. And um, Dale Murphy was up, and, and Doc Gooden of the Mets threw a breaking ball and hung it. And uh, so I said, breaking ball. And you knew that Murphy was going to hit it and he hit it. And I said, you know, it is high. It is far. It is gone. It just came out of my mouth. So as did burn baby burn and, and, um, the Giambino and all that nonsense. And, uh, they all caught on and I'm eternally grateful to the fans for, for enjoying it and liking it. And it's become, as I say now, now, you know, you have to say, well, what are you going to say for Chulewitzki? What are you going to say for LeMayhew? And um, so I have to come up with something. Do you have a favorite of all the ones that you've come up with? You know, I don't know if it's a it's a favorite, but I know the most uh, the ones that I've heard the most are you know like a bomb from a Rod and and Robbie Cano, don't you know, and uh, things like that. They, they those you hear all the time. Well, John, you've been the voice of the best franchise in all sports for thirty years. Uh, again, might be a difficult question for you to, to come up with an answer for, but what would you say is the most humbling moment of your professional career with the New York Yankees? Uh, I was so excited when I got the Yankee job and I had done the Braves now for five years, but I was like the junior member of the, of the four man group, great group, Ernie Johnson, Skip Carey, Pete Van Weeren. But now it was my team and my game. And uh, the first game I did was an exhibition game with Jay Johnstone at West Palm against the Braves. The Yankees were then in Fort Lauderdale. I'm I'm not sure I I know what you mean by humbling. Uh, It might have been after the Yankees won the World Series in 96. Now, you're in a car going up Broadway, and you're hearing millions of fans do your calls. (laughs) and And the cops who are walking along the side are doing all the calls. Well, I guess that was pretty humbling. I'd say so. In your career, as you mentioned, uh, you know you you've done MLB, NHL, uh, NBA, and and you know some college football in there. Do you ever wish you could go back and do some of those other sports again, or once you settled into the Yankees, you never even thought back to to those other sports? Oh no, I did a I did a Nets game this year. Yes, asked me to fill in on a Nets game, and I loved it. I got all excited about doing basketball again, but. Um, as far as looking back, I'm, you know, every one of us looks back on your life and say, gee, I wish I had done this. I wish I'd done that. I was telling someone about a college choice that I made and I made the wrong choice. And if I had gone to this place, well, and then we both laughed and, and said, well, it's kind of worked out. So, so I don't look back, you know, I'm amazed that it's worked out the way I'll tell you how good it's worked out. I think I'll leave you with this. Um, I read a book on the making of high noon. And so they went into the, the uh, Gary Cooper's life. And in the early thirties, when he was becoming a star, he made just by luck, he made three fabulous movies, uh, 
that will last for all time. And Tom Hanks, who's probably the greatest actor of our generation, who not only does all these great movie parts, but everyone is different. He becomes a different character every time. And he mentioned about Gary Cooper's three movies that he made almost in a row. And he said, any actor would love to have any one of those credits. So what I'm going to tell you is how lucky I am, how fortunate I am. I've had great jobs in this business, let's say for the last 55 years. And um, any broadcaster would have loved to have had um, the jobs. I'm not patting myself on the back. The jobs themselves were big jobs. I mean, I was very young. I did a wild talk show in Baltimore on radio, and then it went to TV as well. And then I got the the, uh, MCA job, sports director, and I was doing all these play-by-play sports as well as the talk show. And then I went with the Nets uh, for a couple of years and to Enterprise Radio, which only lasted nine months, talk show, and the uh, Washington Bullets. And then I landed the job in Atlanta, and I did a talk show for a year, and then I did the Hawks and Braves for eight years, and that led to the Yankee job. So um, any one of those credits would be a very good broadcasting credits. And uh, so I've been very fortunate. So I know it's a long answer. I forget what your question is. The answer was so <laughs> damn long. But, but um, anyway, I've been very, very fortunate and very happy about it. Well, John, we can't thank you enough for uh, spending a few minutes with us here on this Saturday afternoon. Uh, we believe it's next Saturday, right? You and Susan will be broadcasting the first yeah. uh, spring training game of 2019. You'll be in Fort Myers for the Yankees and Red Sox. Yes, as a matter of fact, exciting oh, stuff. I didn't even think of it. A week <laughs> from today, and then um, in Port Charlotte against the Rays a week from tomorrow, and uh, so we'll have kicked off the exhibition season. So. Just like everyone else, I'm very excited about baseball. The Yankees have within themselves, within the clubhouse right now, a team that's good enough to go all the way. Now, I'd be lying to you if I told you I knew they were going all the way. The Red Sox can do that. Houston can do that. And over in the other league, you know, you have teams like the Dodgers and, and Cubs and almost every team in the National League East. So, but anyway, that's the fun of it. We'll find out what happens when, when it happens. And by the way, no matter how many shows you listen to, uh, how much MLB you listen to, internet, uh, no one knows what's going to happen. So it'll be a surprise for all of us. All right, John, thank you very much for uh, doing the interview, and uh, we'll be looking forward to listening to you and uh, Susan call the Yankee games in 2019. Thanks, John. Well, bless you. Thank you very much. All right, that was our interview with John Sterling. I mean, pretty crazy to think that where he just spent a few minutes with a guy that we're going to be spending most of our summers listening to. For for how many years now have we been listening to John Sterling? I mean, the guy has not missed a game in 30 years. 30. I took two sick days last week. I guess you could say that he is the anti-Jacoby Ellsbury. Yes. <laughs> yes. Back before, like, all this cable television... Uh, when it was a big game in the postseason, I would actually mute my television and put the radio on to listen to Sterling. And I think it was, it was always with him and Kay. And I couldn't think of this, but who came on after Kay? It was Charlie Steiner. Charlie Steiner. You liked him? He was good? I don't really remember much about him. All I know is that he kind of, 
he's in Yankee lore. He's etched in it because uh, he called Boone's walk-off home run in the 2003. Oh, that was him? Yeah. I couldn't bridge. Should have probably asked John if that stuck in his crawl all these years. That <laughs> he's the he's been with the team thirty years, hasn't missed a game, and yet Charlie Steiner's voice is the one that you hear in one of the most iconic moments of the past fifteen years. That's true. Years. Steiner does the play by play now for the Dodgers. Does he? Yeah. He's still around. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't bridge the gap of like who who came on after K all the way to two thousand five. Um, I know there was a few other people, but anyway, that's how much Sterling meant to my childhood as a Yankee fan growing up. I listened to him during the biggest moments and it was truly incredible to, to be able to interview him. Yeah. So we're a hundred episodes deep here. And as much as things seem to change constantly in the Yankee universe, one thing seems to always stay the same. And that's the fact that Jacoby Ellsbury is hurt. He's hurt or is he air quotes hurt? I mean, Plantar fasciitis, fasciitis, whatever the hell it's called. Don't be stupid and pretend like that. Oh, plantar fasciitis, whatever it's called. Plantar fasciitis. You know, don't be ignorant. Let's let's start something new in the next hundred episodes where you're not (laughs) ignorant. Why do you think I'm being ignorant? Fas is it fasciitis or fasciitis? Oh Jesus, help Plantar us! fasciitis, fasciitis. Why do I think you're being ignorant? Because I think you're dumb. And the fact that there's, that there's a dumb. power line down out in front of your house for three days now, and you refuse yeah, to call the true. town about that's it. That's being ignorant. I gotta play limbo when I come to your you house. You see, now you called underneath. me dumb, and that's that's really like an oxymoron. Being ignorant is not being dumb. Being ignorant is knowing what's happening and you're just ignoring well, it. Well, I, I think part of the, your issue is that you are legitimately dumb and that the other part is that you're ignorant as well. With, well, we do run scientific polls now, though, so we are doctors. So you got to give them that, Christian. Yeah. With words, I'm not that great. Oh, well, with, with down power lines, you're even worse. Anyway. Kids got a How two-year-old and a seven-year-old running around fix, in the front, front yard. Do you, know what, do you know what plantar fasciitis is actually, like, nicknamed? What's it nicknamed? Uh, police heel or something. Like, a lot of cops get it. I don't know. Is this, like, something that keeps police officers off the job for four years? Or, I mean, how has he not recovered from this at this point? It's definitely a big, uh, it's a lingering type of injury. I think Jay Bruce actually was dealing with it last year, right? You remember hearing about that? Doesn't matter. Uh, the first time I ever remember hearing about plantar fasciitis is when Tino Martinez had it. Did like he? 2005, I want to say. That was like the first time I ever remember hearing about that type of injury. Don't you just picture like, don't you picture Hal calling up Cashman and they're just like... If it's a legitimate injury, it's actually a very painful thing for somebody to have. Like, I just picture him calling Cashman and being like, look, we got to do something with Ellsbury. Uh, should we just keep running with this plantar fasciitis thing? It worked last year. People are believing it. Well, it was really the hip last year. And then this, though, ended it. Yeah, but the, no, the hip ended it because he had surgery on the hip. And that was really was like... I can't keep up. I can't that, keep up. That was a stamp. Cannot keep up with him. But anyway, it sounds like my ass is safe from a tattoo. Yeah, Jack Curry, we're recording Saturday afternoon. Uh, Jack Curry, a little bit ago, tweeted out that Brian Cashman said now the team doesn't expect him until mid to late August, which virtually guarantees the fact that he'll start the year on the disabled list. Uh, the injured the injured list, I'm sorry. Oh, right. It is no longer, it's, act, it's no longer the disabled list, it's the injured list. I was thinking uh, they were going with the football term, 
injured reserve, right? IR. Mm-hmm. But it's the IL now. I will never call it that, by the way. I understand Major League Baseball's mode of thinking, why they don't want to use the term disabled anymore, but it's been so indoctrinated into my mind. I'm going to have a hard time not referring to it as disabled list. And did anything else, not to change subject, but did anything else come out about CC starting the season? Well, why don't we finish talking about Jacoby Okay, Elder? I was Let's just, talk, I I was just talking about I, one I person. I wanted to make sure you were going to get to that. No, don't worry about what I'm going to get to and what I'm not going to get to, all right? You sit there and... Oh, just take it. And just... Yeah. And, you know, you're being really nasty to me for our 100th episode, man. You know what? I Some days I take it too easy on you. And you think that you're, you're king shit, and then you sit there and you wallow in your own <laughs> ignorance. And I'm not going to stand for it today. I'm sorry. We, you know, I'm Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, Jacoby Does he Ellsbury. play one game in 2019? Here's what I'm going to bring up, which I think is a more relevant topic at this point, is why is he not in camp? I personally feel that even even though baseball players are very superstitious, I don't think it just stops at baseball players. I think baseball organizations are superstitious. I think they are very aware that when Jacoby Ellsbury was in the clubhouse in Tampa, that was the, I don't know if you want to call it a downfall, the team won 100 games, but everyone started getting hurt. Everyone's, you know, they they weren't winning as many games as they were before. Maybe they just don't want him around the team unless he's going to be healthy. Maybe. I just... There's something going on between the Yankees and Jacoby Ellsbury because you, you, I'm not one of these big conspiracy theorists guys, but you know all the other injured players are in camp. Didi's in camp. Danny Farquhar is in camp. Uh, CC Sabathia is in camp. All these other guys that have things going on with them are in camp, except for Jacoby Ellsbury, who's chewing peyote and uh, trying to fuck a cactus in uh, Arizona. Right <laughs> yeah, but now. here's the difference, though. Didi is still mobile. Didi's still swinging a bat right now. Um, Ellsbury, it sounds like he can't even walk if he's in that much pain. Yeah, I mean, Boone's quoted as saying, the return of plantar fasciitis really slowed down Ellsbury and his ability to really break through and get to where he needs to be. So he hasn't been able to start the baseball activity stuff. So he can't report to camp? You mean to tell me that? Completely agree with you, Christian. Yeah, it sounds like he's not even injured anymore. Why he's can't just you not do prepared? what you're doing in Arizona? You don't think Tampa? that the Yankees training staff and doctors will be able to take better care of him? That's crazy. Than him being off in Arizona doing whatever is that he does out there and now what's it going to be like going on what's it going to be like if he does join the team like what kind of what kind oh, of hey message guy. are you yeah, sending these, to your teammates these guys just went out there and you know you know went through spring training for six weeks and then here he sh- oh hey guys i'm here yeah i'm the highest paid player on the team by the way is he <laughs> uh stan, uh, is now. stan. and i think yeah, maybe stan. tanaka is t- tanaka has a higher yeah. uh salary than but still he's one of the <laughs> top three or four highest paid players on the team come on man. hey guys i don't have to work for my money it's crazy. And and like how do you how do you even feel? Like how much of this is in Ellsbury's control? How much of this is the Yankees just trying to silence him at this point? Look, don't don't you kind of want to hear from Ellsbury? No, on I all don't. This I do kind of. What was he going to say? What would he say that would make you feel well, b- every better time, about the every situation? time we've heard that he's trying from least. Ellsbury oh. or his agents it was that he was ready to come back, he will be back, he's going to do this, going to do that. I do want to hear from him because I think Jacoby Ellsbury, whether you like him or not, is a gamer. 
I think he's... Oh, he is? Yeah. No, he's not. He's had this reputation about him being soft going back to when he was with Boston. Being soft and being a gamer... I, not the same things. Uh, actually, they are because the guy that's I'm talking soft, about someone who who can't avoid injury. You're talking about someone who is injured but is too hurt to come back. No, what I'm talking about is that his his teammates in Boston, when he had whatever things that he had going on, felt that he could have come back and he was milking it. That's not being a gamer. Oh, if that's the case, then no. But I just always feel like when Jacoby Ellsbury is out there in the field, he's always playing hard. Yeah, when uh, he's out there. Right. It doesn't mean that he's not milking the situation. So do you think it's more Ellsbury milking it than the Yankees wanting him away from the well, team? Well, look, bro, if he's got this rep from back in Boston, this has nothing to do with the amount of money that he's making because apparently he was doing this before he got his big payday. So maybe this is just how he is. Yeah, I'll play hard when I feel like it and when I'm up for it. But if not, eh. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. The guy, the guy thinks he can still play, right? That's great. What is him sitting field. home doing? Get on the field. How old is he, Rye? 35. So, I mean, he still has time left. Does he? If he really wanted to, if yeah. If he sits out of all this, if he sits out the, this entire season, oh, he hasn't played done. Major League Baseball in two nah, years. No, he's done at that point. Turning 36 in September? Yeah, no. This is, the Yankees are just trying to get through this year with him on the disabled list, and then they'll release him But that's my point. You just said that you felt like Ellsbury was soft. Is it the Yankees wanting him away, or is it Ellsbury? Fight for it, then. Fight for it. All right. I can't is he fighting? That. You think he's fighting for it? It doesn't sound like it. Do you think he's? That's what I'm saying. You think he's fighting for it? You think he's like no? If, if Ellsbury put up any bit of a fight, the Yankees would not be able to to do what they're doing. If he wasn't, if he was quote hurt and not actually hurt, he's got a huge grievance right. on his hands. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. If he put up any bit of a fight. The Yankees wouldn't be able to, to get if away with If you were this. Jacoby Ellsbury, right, mm-hmm. and you were and you were legitimately injured right now with this plantar fasciitis, and the Yankees said, why don't you just hang out in Arizona? You know where I would be? On the next plane to Tampa and be like, no, I'm going to come to camp with my teammates be, and be here, and I'm going to get treatment here, and I'm going to do any type of work that I can in camp with my teammates. Absolutely. Where is he, though? Arizona. He's, he's in Arizona. You really think that they would do that to Aaron Judge? If Aaron Judge would, God forbid, Aaron Judge was hurt, you think they would tell him to stay to your in California? Po- to your point, though, he, even if they did, he wouldn't allow them to. Where, right. Where's Didi Gregorius right now? He's with you the team. You don't think Didi Gregorius can do his training Didi program? Didi Gregorius is probably working just as hard as anyone else there right now, and he's dying inside that he can't be on the field to start the season. I could, maybe I'm completely off base about no, this. No, I don't. But I, I honestly, don't, I think you you made great points. I don't think you're off base at that's all. That's why it kind of would be good to hear from Ellsbury. But that's why I was asking you because I, you made clear sense of it, and yeah, that's exactly what I want to hear. Maybe from him. get some answers on this thing. Seriously, Look, if, sort of if clarity. If this didn't predate his days with the Yankees, where he kind of milks these things, then maybe I would think the Yankees are 100 percent at fault, just trying to get him out of here to not to clog up a roster spot get the insurance money back but we were hearing about this shit from him for years back mm. when he had busted up he busted up his ribs and the red Sox thought he could have came back and he was like yeah you know yeah but you just made a great point though you, you squashed everything because if he put up any bit of a fight this wouldn't all be happening the yankees wouldn't be able to do what they're doing so he's clearly not fighting it right because at the end of the day if he wanted to be in tampa 
He would be in you Tampa. You can't just sit there and tell a player, hey, by the way, pal, you're injured. You're not playing the next two years, and you're going to get screwed out of any chance of a contract when you're done with us, even if it's just for a year before you retire. You can't do that without the player sitting there and, and being okay with it. This dude had a hip operation just not to get on the field last year. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Uh, you, we, we felt like last week we were actually legitimately debating whether this guy would be an mm. option in left field, and now we're actually legitimately debating whether or not we'll ever see him play for the Yankees again. Do you think he will? No. I think if he's going to start the season on, on the DL, he's going to f- just stay there all year. Yeah, I, it does yeah, I think this way. is it. There's no way he comes back. And then at the, end of the, at the end of the season, the Yankees will be more comfortable just cutting bait and eating that 20 million at that point. I think they want to they don't want to eat 42 million. I think they'll eat 21 million though. And then that'll be it. That'll be it. And then he can go wherever he wants to and then he could be somebody's uh Tulowitzki reclamation project, but he won't be that with the Yankees. Well, good riddance because I, I just like some of the other things we constantly have to talk about uh I'm so sick of talking about Jacoby Ellsbury. I will honestly be shocked if he suits up even once for the Yankees this year. Shocked. Because now what's going to happen is he's going to open the door for Clint Frazier to really prove himself because he won't have anybody to battle. And if he's just going to be going straight up against Brett Gardner without this third party involved, you know, how do you, how do you, now you're going to go between a, a, you want to use the word gamer, an actual gamer, hard-nosed player in Brett Gardner who is a Yankee. Right. And the kid that you really want to be the left fielder in Clint Frazier. Right. And you're going to let now an, a still injured Jacoby Ellsbury get in the middle of that? No. Right. No. I don't, I don't see that happening. No. It can't happen. It just simply, it cannot happen. It, there's no way you can justify that to a guy like Clint Frazier who has been dying to, to earn that spot. You, cannot, you can no longer justify that he's not going to get... A, f- a fair opportunity because Jacoby Ellsbury's back now and we're paying him a bunch of money. So uh, we're going to probably give the nod to him and it's going to be his position to lose first before you get the opportunity. Now you uh, really, oh, go you ahead. Want, I was just going to say, you want to talk about m- motivation in a player? How demoralizing is that for Clint Frazier, a guy who, who's been trying his best to stay healthy and come back and prove himself. Now you really want to talk about conspiracy theories, right? Do you think that you heard all these these little rumblings about maybe a, a trade for Ellsbury last week, and then maybe nothing came to fruition, and the Yankees were like, okay, well, you're hurt then. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. We don't you're healthy. So you're healthy right now because we're trying to trade you. And then right. they were like, right. well. <laughs> I thought about that. I was like, oh, he was healthy enough for trade talks a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and now he's not healthy enough to uh, to even go to camp. Such a joke. It really is. Well, somebody else that might be starting the season on the, uh, let's let's just try to use the correct term now. The injured list is uh, CC Sabathia. Boone, uh, Boone gave his kind of State of the Union address uh, Wednesday when pitchers and catchers reported. Uh, one of the, uh, the big news, obviously, that came out from that was the Ellsbury uh, injury. Now, uh, the other thing that came out is that CC might start the season on the uh, injured list. Um, I don't see it as that much of a big deal. Well, Ryan was actually the first to say he could see it happening. 
are they even going to really use CC in the first month anyway? It I would mean, be more like the first two weeks you really don't need a fifth starter. Yeah. yeah, first, I mean, let's think about, we talked about the Andy Pettit treatment, right? A few weeks ago, giving that to, to CC. Andy Pettit didn't come onto the team when he came back till when? Mother's Day? Yeah, some years, but here's here's what Boone actually said. I just wanted to bring it up. Uh, he said that it would be a few weeks before CC throws his first bullpen. He could start the season on a DL, and that's in addition to when he do- is ready to play. He does have to serve a five-game suspension. So for what? For when he hit Jesus Sucre last year. Oh, he's still. <laughs> oh God. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah. So. Usually with the off days because of opening day and then sometimes you play somebody else's opening day. So you got extra off days in the first couple of weeks. You can probably get through two turns of the rotation without using a fifth starter. Um, so, I mean, it's not the... And then you figure CC will have to start the season with the suspension. So it might be three turns through the rotation before you see him. I know Yankee fans don't want to hear this, but... it kind of opens the door for Luis Sessa to break camp with the team if he wasn't going to, and if the Yankees need a spot starter early. Yay. I mean, is he somebody that you could use? And then, you know, for people that absolutely hate Luis Sessa, it could also be a good thing because Because he, then he's done. He could be the... the uh, the uh, what is, What's the word I'm looking for? The casualty for when CC does right. get activated. Right, because he has no options left. Or is Luis Sessa going to become a... Uh, you know, a long guy out of the pen. If Luis Sessa makes that's not a open, bad move, that's oh, not a bad spot for him. If Luis Sessa opens the season and he gives you three starts, eighteen innings, gives up two runs, are you going to feel differently about him? No, no, you're still going to not at he's, all. You're but what still I'm still going to think he's Luis Sessa. But what I'm saying is, you're not going to be like, wow, Luis Sessa found it. Is Luis Sessa really the worst option for a long relief guy if you need him? Uh, probably not. I think the Yankees would probably like to find a way to keep him because he does bring that versatility where he could step in and start and he could be a guy that he could use to mop up some games. So I think the Yankees would try to would like to try to keep him, but he is out of options. So. Yeah, because honestly, I want Luis Sessa gone more than anyone. But, you know, my next guy at that point in my head is Domingo Herman because Chance Adams at this point... I mean, he's either going to make it or break it. He's not going to be a bullpen guy. He doesn't have the type of power in his arm. But Herman, if they make a decision that he's going to come out of the pen, I think he could be dominant out of the bullpen. But it seems like they want him to be a starter. So why waste him coming up as a long relief instead of letting him continue to work? Down in down in AAA. I think that's where he belongs this year. Him and Loiza, because you just unless there's some type of major that's what emergency, saying. those two should be glued to this to uh, to. <laughs> I can't. Where do they play? Jesus. I don't know why I can't remember these things today. In Scranton. In Scranton, they should be glued to their apartments in Scranton. They you something major has to go wrong for me personally to see either of those two guys in the Bronx this year. Well. Here's what I want I was, both of them to learn how to be starting pitchers this season. Yes, and here's what I was thinking with Loizaga. If it's later in the season and CeCe's really starting to struggle and tire and we need some type of solution. They'll already have it. They will have made a trade. But what, uh, what I'm saying is if they can't get someone. They'll get someone. Okay, 
again, if they can't. They will. So okay. let's, let's just throw that out the window. I would even like, if it's a Lance Lynn type, they will bring somebody in. And they won't bring up Loisaga, even if he's having a dominant year. I told Even him. though he pitched last year for them. And I, just like you, think he should spend the entire season in AAA. But if he's that dominant and they need a solution... And he's going to stay up for the rest of the year. How many times did they bring up Justice Sheffield to make starts last year? Even though it seemed kind of that he was ready. Yeah, is Luizaga going to be your Sheffield of this year? No, he can't be. He's he's our number one prospect now. So was Justice Sheffield last year. Yeah, but they clearly just didn't have the same expectations as everyone thought. A A lot did go wrong last year for... Uh, the Yankees. That's why Loisica was making starts. So unless you know they all get food poisoning and wind up in the hospital for a month, I, I don't see it. The Yankees are. I keep saying this. The Yankees' goal right now is to get CC through June and then go make a trade. Yeah, they're going to be active in the trade market for a starting pitcher this year. I don't disagree with that one bit. So if you see Jonathan Loisica making starts for the Yankees in August, somebody's hurt, and that's not a good thing. If Honestly, this guy could go out there and have a 0.29 ERA, averaging 15 strikeouts per nine innings in AAA. And if he's making starts in August, that means some something went wrong. At least one person's hurt. There could be multiple people if he's starting. Because you'd think by then Montgomery would be back and he'd be that option, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure the Yankees are going to want to see him in AAA too for a while. Um, yeah, I think if you see Montgomery making starts with the big club too this year, I think something really, happened. yeah, 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 absolutely. Because if you think about it, right, you're gonna ha- your four guys are set in stone and Sevy, right. Hap, Tanaka, and Paxton. You'll have CC here. The like I said, the Yankees want to just get CC through the first half of the year, make a trade, and then if somebody falters, you're still gonna have CC on this club. Could mm-hmm. be another reason why you see uh Luis Sessa hang around a little bit longer than you would think, because they're gonna wanna see, you know, five starts out of CC before they may be comfortable letting Sessa go. So then maybe Sessa isn't the guy that starts on the opening day roster. He has to. They can't he can't start the year yeah, in triple A. Oh he oh I thought it was he can't be on the major league roster. And no, because be he sent. ended the season oh, last yeah, so year, so he has to oh, okay. start if, if this he, year. If they okay. want him to start in, in Scran, he has to be designated for assignment and somebody will pick him up. He's still young enough. He's still yeah. he's still got pretty good stuff. He throws hard. He has a spot on a roster. Yeah. Somewhere where he mm-hmm. can I'm not gonna use the word effective, but he can be effective. Mm. Yeah. He can if do, he's using he the right way. He can fill a role. Um, he can fill. A, he's a major. Uh, league, he can, he's a major league pitcher. He can fill a role pitcher. of someone who needs to eat up innings. Who isn't going to go out there and get shelled every time he goes out. Look, AJ Cole was not a major. He's not a major league pitcher. AJ Cole. Oh my God, no. Luis Sessa, we could. I think we could say is a major league pitcher. I mean, he's got a good curveball. He throws ninety five plus. He's you know. You know what's weird for me. As many times as as we've seen him, I almost want to say I haven't seen enough of him to know that. But really what it is, is that I think Luis Sessa knows and us as fans know when he's up here and he's pitching, it's just to fill a role. I've never seen Luis Sessa actually have a job and know it's his job to lose and see what kind of mentality he goes out there with and and prove himself. I don't think he's ever really had to prove himself to us because he knows that that's not really his job. What, to pitch well? No. So if you're having limited opportunities, 
don't you want to make the most of them? Absolutely. And he hasn't exactly done that. But he hasn't exactly ever had a position that is a permanent one for him to lose. So he's continuously he's continuously proving to everyone that he can be the guy that gets called up when he needs to be used. He's never had to prove to us that he is a major league pitcher who can start in a rotation or be effective out of the bullpen. I think he's had enough opportunity where if the Yankees have seen enough out of him to know that he's not one of the five best options that they have to make starts. He is absolutely not. And the Yankees know that. And Luis Sessa knows that that's what kind of what I'm saying to you. He, the Yankees have never turned to him and said, Hey pal, uh, you're going to be our fifth starter this year. It's your spot to lose. And we see that kind of mentality of Luis Sessa having a job and having an important role and how he would handle it. So in that sense, I don't really know. I know Luis Sessa as the, as the spot starter. How much can you really prove yourself as a spot starter? Yeah, he's only made 19 starts for the Yankees. What's his, the year, what's his career, right? 4.71. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's honestly, it's not terrible for it's a spot a, starter. For a, a guy four, three, who's five. continuously up and down every year. In 2016 and last year had a 5.24. Who came over with him? Chad Green. Chad Green, right. And who did we... What? That was Justin Tra- Wilson. So honestly, not a not a bad trade at all. No, I mean, it wasn't. Luis Sessa has, whether he was effective or not... He's filled a role for the Yankees. He has filled a very important role for the Yankees. And Chad Green is Chad Green. I mean, we don't have to talk about how good he's been. We also don't have to talk about Luis Sessa anymore. God, this is our 100th episode. We're, We're talking, talking about, about Jacoby Luis Ellsbury. Yeah, Luis Sessa. Sessa. Jacoby Ellsbury. So let's Jesus. talk about another guy with the name Luis. Okay. Luis Severino. 440. Who signed a four-year, $40 million contract with the Yankees yesterday, Friday afternoon. Buys out his arbitration years and... Um, and royally screws him. How's it royally screw him? I think that was a... That was a low co- low number. Well, Aaron Nola got $45 million for four years. And he honestly is coming off a much better season than Luis Severino had. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And the Yankees had owned a fifth-year team option worth about $15 million, which would then buy out his first year of free agency because you got to figure at $15 million, even if Luis Severino doesn't evolve into this ace, he'll still settle in as what, a number two? And right. where are you going to get a number two, the quality of Luis Severino for $15 million? And in four years from now, he's what, 28? Well, the Yankees will have control of him until he's 29 years right. old. So you're going to still keep him around. I mean, this is an absolute slam dunk, no-brainer, great move for the Yankees. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for Luis Severino, in all, in all honesty, because, I mean, you see it in Jacob deGrom right now. This guy's sweating. He doesn't want to hit. He's, in my opinion, he's the best pitcher in baseball. Right now. And this guy's sweating. He's begging the New York Mets to sign him for an extension. As the best pitcher in baseball, why would you want to stay with an organization that has a losing culture right now? Why wouldn't you want to hit the free agent market? Because the two best players, arguably in baseball, still are not signed. Plus, well, they're 20, and they're 26 years old. Well, and not, not for signed. nothing. I don't think he wants maybe not an extension past his free arbitration years i think he wants his last two art this year and next year not from what i've been hearing what have you been hearing i've been hearing he wants like a six-year deal all right so i'll give it to him no because you know what francesa made a phenomenal point yeah that you don't if you're the mets why would you negotiate off, right. off of an historic when he, season right, when he's in the driver's seat when you don't have to he has two years left 
Talk to him then. Or right. talk to him next year. Why would you talk to him this year? To make him happy. He's the face of your franchise. Okay. Let him hit free agency then. Who's going to sign him? He'll be how old? 32? You tell me 32 uh, Jacob DeGrom is going to get some massive deal that he the might. Mets can't match? He might. Maybe. If he, if he backs up these next two years. Maybe if there's a strike and things change in baseball. Not mm-hmm. right now. No. What, why don't you look that up? When's the CBA up for baseball? The current CBA? 2021, I believe. Uh, is it? 2021. After the 2020 season, I believe. Yeah, and these guys are getting front-loaded deals because it's, it really seems inevitable that there's going to be a strike. Here's my, you want to know my quick solution to it? No longer allow high school players to be drafted. Make them go through college. Why? What will that do? It will make the age, the average age of a baseball player older again. But they don't want that. Right. I know they don't. The teams don't want that. I know they don't. That's why none of these guys. So are why would the owners agree to that? I don't see they that wouldn't. happening in baseball just because of the the international. Uh, I'm saying theoretically that would change everything, aspect. and that would that would make the age older. It would even the playing. Field. Nobody wants that. But I understand. So I'm why would the, anybody agree to it? No one would. I'm saying. So shut up about it. Yeah, but right. I'm saying theoretically that's the problem, right? You have guys like Aaron Judge who make this huge impact, but he's four years older than everyone else who had the opportunity coming up because they got drafted at a high school and he came got up drafted quicker. Out of high school too. I'm saying he came up quicker. So and then he decided he didn't like his draft positioning and he went to college. Yeah. And he became a first round pick. The CBA expires December 1st, 2021. All right. So it's after the, so 2021, it's after the season. 2021 season. So why would you force guys to go to college? The owners don't want that. They don't want older players. I'm saying the issue is that we talked about it. The new prime in baseball is what? Tell me. What, what do you consider the prime in baseball? Probably now? your mid 20s now. Right. So why would you why would you because create a system of, where you're you don't get to the big leagues until you're in that quote prime now? That's what you'd be doing. But that would be a new prime. It would go older again. But they don't want older players. Oh my God, you're not understanding, no, you're not, Ryan. Yeah, I don't know, Chris. I'm kind of with Christian <laughs> on this. You're not understanding. Why would you? They don't want guys in trying, their mid 30s anymore. What I'm trying to say is that's why it's unfair to who to the players. So you're going to... You're because gonna, there's no even playing field. So let them come out of high school. This way they can get to the big leagues when they're 21 years old. Right. But what about the guy who's 21 just getting drafted and then spends three, four years in in the minor leagues? Okay. So be really good and get your arbitration years bought out. That was what I was saying theoretically. Realistically, they need to stop the bullshit with the service time. How many guys aren't getting opportunities because teams are worried about service time? Right, that is something that they are trying to work on. But every other major sport has a rookie contract that they sign their their players to. So what is it? You shorten it to four years, like in the NFL? Do you want to do that? These guys need to get paid if they're going to get drafted out of high school, come up and be massive superstars by the time they're twenty one. They need to get paid sooner. Honestly, Christian, that is, I think that will be the route that. That the players go in the next CBA. Team control down to four years instead of six. To cut down that service time because that, I think, would uh, elevate the free agent market. The service market. time is, is really bullshit. How that many is guys, a long time. How many guys have we been dying to see 
And we're like, the Yankees aren't going to do well, that. Well, look at this. I'm glad that you brought that up because guess what the Toronto Blue Jays said yesterday? Yep. Vlad, yeah. Vlad Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yep. will not be their opening day third baseman and a quote has nothing to do with his service time, mm-hmm. right? Which oh, is, yeah, sure. Which is, uh, I, we all can smell it down here in New Jersey what that is. The bullshit. All right. So guess who their opening day third baseman is going to be? Brandon H. <laughs> Calling the Drew Crew. Drew Crew. Where have we seen that story before? Yeah. Yeah, Imagine right? if Holy. you're Brandon Drury, right? You get traded to the Yankees <laughs> to be the starting third baseman. You you hide this injury, this condition that he had. Miguel Andujar comes up, breaks franchise records. Unreal. You it's get literally the same thing. Right? You get deported to friggin' Canada. Right, where now you're like, okay, at least, <laughs> or at least you know now it's like, okay, I'm gonna be the starting third yeah. baseman for a major league ball club. Meanwhile, they have this friggin' phenom, the top prospect in baseball, waiting to play third base. <laughs> and what are they gonna do? They're gonna keep him down there the requisite time, and they're gonna call him up. And then Brandon Drew is gonna be sitting on his ass again, being like, where do I go? I got booted by Miguel Andujar. I got booted by Vlad Guerrero Jr. And then next thing you know, he's gonna get traded to a team that had friggin' uh, Brooks Robinson's son. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. And Vlad like. He he hit what in double A? He hit like four hundred last year. Yeah, he hit three hundred and eighty, I think, last year. Four something. Then he went to triple A, batted three hundred and forty. His minor league average is three hundred and eighty. The guy's ready for the big leagues. Yeah, but he's not going to play. He might play at some point this year, but he's not going to be called up right away because they want they're going to extend his service. Guy time. hits home runs off a tee. You ever see that video? Him hitting home runs, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Off. No, of a I tee. just know he's phenomenal. And. That's another thing that they have to cut out. It's It has to be once you get called up, that's your first year, whether it's for a day, a month, or the entire season because this is the game that teams are playing. And the Yankees played it too. They did it twice last year. I would with, do it. With Andujar Cub, and Glaber. Cubs did it with Chris Bryant. You do it. Why not if it's if it's right. in the So rules. that basically that first year doesn't even count and you're getting all the production from the player. Right. So that's another thing that they, they want to they want to change the labor rules. They, they got to get rid of that I when agree. the service time starts. I agree. So you know, back to the original point here about Luis Severino. I mean, this is a this is a great deal for the Yankees. Yeah, and I and like I was saying, which got us to that discussion. I think it's a a solid deal for Luis Severino, and, and he doesn't have all to seriousness. Wor- I mean, he doesn't have to worry about going to arbitration every right. year and having to fight with his bosses mm-hmm. and being talked down to like we've seen Randy Levine do to people before. Seve, and it gives him some security right now. Sevy came out and said that he wasn't happy that this was all going on. And he wasn't talking bad about the Yankees. He was just upset in general. He didn't want to go through it. And they settled and, and now he wouldn't have to. You know, by the end of this four years, is he going to shortchange himself a little bit? Probably. Probably. But for the first two years... I mean, he's going to come out ahead, and he's going to give his family some security right now. The guy's going to get, you know, he's, he's got $40 million coming yeah. to him, probably upwards of 50 now because the Yankees are most likely going to pick up that con- that option unless unless in that fourth year they decide to extend him further. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a, gr- it's a great deal for the Yankees. I mean, and you keep hearing rumors or rumblings that the Yankees are going to do this now with a couple other guys and you know uh the one guy you'd think that would be at the top of that list is Aaron Judge. Sure. So if the Yankees let him play this year, 
on whatever he's making 600 grand because I think uh, going into next season he would be arbitration eligible for the first time. Yes. What would something like that look like for Aaron Judge? Like what would well, you he's get? older. Are you going to buy out his arbitration? What are you going to give him? Are you going to give him 60 million dollars for 4 years? Probably. Give him 15 million dollars a year? Probably. Would that be at, fair? At a minimum. Would that be fair? I think so. Given his age, if he was two years younger, I think he'd have he'd be able to make the argument uh, getting closer to 20. But still, if, if Aaron Judge was going on in, in the open market over the next year or two and he continues to produce the way he does, how much would he truly ask for in the open market? We have no idea because you see many... It's hard to 25. say with, with Machado and Harper still out there. I'm just saying... In, oh, he could, in a general sense. 28 to right. 30. 28 to 30. If 25 he, to 30. If he puts up another monster year this year. So if the Yankees get him for four four years at $15 million a year, that's a friggin' steal. You it's think steal. Aaron Judge would play hardball with the Yankees? I think he would in a respectful way. I think he absolutely you would. think he would hold out for like 80 or 90? No. No. I think four for sixty could get it. Could it could to buy out his arbitration? I absolutely. absolutely. And I think that being the fate, the fact that he's the face of the friggin' New York Yankees, he'll get a. He's fair he's deal. already the lead MLB spokesperson for Pepsi, which is you know they're friggin' Pepsi. Pepsi. They're not Coke, but they're Pepsi. Uh, what else? He's already been on the on the cover of of the MLB the show. Mm-hmm. He's got a sponsorship deal for Adidas. I mean, you know, I would have really liked him to see him take Under Armour's money, but you know, he's still getting pretty penny from Adidas to be their their big guy. Right. So it's not like he he'll be uh, hurting for money. He's got endorsement deals coming out of his you know his you know what. So yeah. All right, listen real quick. Being our hundredth episode. I reached out to some of our uh, guests that have been on the show multiple times to leave us a quick message. I'm just going to play them. We're going to pop them through uh, sporadically here. Want want everyone to uh, take a listen. Chris, Christian, Joe Rivera from Sporting News here. Of course, it's your 100th episode, and I have to admit I'm a little surprised you guys made it past 10, but... In all, in all seriousness, congratulations on the 100th episode, guys. You're, you're a great listen. Uh, all of your fans and your listeners are all great, too. I know I rag on Yankee fans a lot, but they're all great, passionate bunch of guys. So congratulations for 100 episodes. Hope you guys rock it for another 500. Take care. Your boy. That was Joe Rivera. What was sporting news. What he's he's been on this show 45 times. And he's going to be on a 46 in a couple weeks when we do our ALEs preview. Nice. I love the ALEs preview. <laughs> What's it going to be? Toronto sucks. Baltimore, Baltimore sucks. sucks. Tampa will be decent. Boston has no bullpen. Yankees and the Yankees don't are, rock. And the Yankees are cheap. There, I just yeah, did Kimbrel sign with the Braves, or was I dreaming that? You dreamt. No, you dreamt They're that. close, though, I think. Uh, I heard Heyman on with Joe, Joe earlier this week, and he said that's probably a likely destination for him. That or the Phillies. And just the Red Sox are just, that's it. No, Dombrowski apparently said that they're gonna promote from within for their closer oh my god i mean if they had a solid even just a decent bullpen right now i would still think they would probably be the favorites i would just let them i would say yeah they don't need kimbrell but right now this guy's been with you for so long you're just gonna let him walk that's it and you have you no need, option to I, you literally, him. I can't name one person 
The Yankees the could have let. Bullpen. There's no one. The Yankees could have let Britain and Robertson both go and still had a really good bullpen, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They brought Britain back and they went and got Adam Ottavino. Yeah, and that's just the opposite of what the Red Sox are doing. Not saying Joe Kelly is Dylan Batances, and as much as this whole thing that. Kimbrel's the greatest of all time based on his numbers. He's not Mariano Rivera, but they were still a good one-two punch for the Red Sox, and they're gone. It yeah. doesn't look like Kimbrel's coming back, and Kelly's in L.A. Yeah, you're gonna crazy. go to you're gonna go toe to toe with the Yankees and Astros with that bullpen. No, you can't. You cannot. Listen, could their offense take them through the regular season and get them into the playoffs? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what are they gonna do come October? And Joe well, Kelly then they had could, a good I, October, too, They right? could get creative then, like they did in mm-hmm. this past year. I mean, Evaldi could become a guy out of the bullpen. You can close games with Sale, I guess. But you have to also think they, they're they going to have to truly, even more than last year, nurture Sale because they can't continue to let this guy get hurt when games mean the this most. This is his walk year. If the, first of all, if Aaron Judge didn't get hurt last year, the Yankees are toe-to-toe with the Red Sox. And... If they didn't have that magical year and Sale missed that time and they didn't have anyone to really fill in and no bullpen, you think the Red Sox would have would have won that division? Uh, probably still. I don't know if Aaron Judge would have made an eight-game difference, to be honest with you. No, I'm not just saying Aaron Judge, though. I'm talking about Sale going missing and imagine if they well, didn't the have Yankees a bullpen. You would be toe-to-toe if he didn't get hurt. They would have been. They It would have been much, much closer. They still probably would have lost by three games. Yeah. Okay, so three games. Now imagine no Chris Sale. On, on the Red Sox when he wasn't there, but no one to really fill him in depth-wise and no bullpen. Would that team have won the division last year? Probably not. No. So you got to do something before all that happens again. If I'm the Yankees, I know some people get excited about this, that Sale's hitting the free agent market next year. I'm not touching him. No. It's, the big names are Chris Sale and Garrett Cole. Um, Porcello's in there. Okay. Cole Hamels. I'm not touching Chris Sale. I'm sorry. I can't. No, you can't. Not at this point. Unless, listen, unless the guy goes out there and uh, stays healthy all year and has a one point still trust six him? ERA. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, yeah. The guy's built like a friggin' flagpole. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. You got another voicemail to play? I do, actually. What's up, guys? It's Dan Federico here. Just want to give a quick shout out to my man, Christian, Chris, Stack Guy, Rye. Everybody over at NYYST, um, you know, you guys have been great bringing me on the show. I loved coming with you guys. And, uh, you know, congrats on 100 episodes. Hopefully you guys bring me on for a couple more. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to all your coverage coming up next season. Congrats and good luck going the rest of the way. You know, Dan, Dan's a solid guy. Dan's a good guy, great man. Guy. He's a good guy. That Joe Rivera guy, though? Mm. No, it was Joe's birthday yesterday. I know. I wish him a happy birthday. You told everyone to send a... Uh, Sam, Sam Darnold gift to him. I sent him a uh, Geno Smith, and then he liked it. <laughs> he said, "He said, oh, I like that too quick." Although, uh, <laughs> although if Dan, I don't know if Dan's going to be listening to this. He's he, he kind of hit my shit list there. Did he? Yeah, because WrestleMania is at MetLife and mm-hmm. uh, the tickets. MetLife. MetLife. Yeah. What did I? S- you said MetLife. Just let him talk. It's at MetLife this year. Yeah, Christian. Yeah. And uh, when I went on to get tickets, they were all sold out. And Dan was uh, kind of rubbing it in my face that he got tickets. Did he get an extra for you? No, he didn't. That's fucked up, man. It is. I'd be mad too. Yeah. What are you going to do, right? You want to go? I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to get off to it. But the show is so long now. It used to be four hours and now it's over seven. 
Okay, I'd rather not. Jesus. Like, I would hate all four hours of it, and for seven hours, I wouldn't be able to do well, like it. Day-night doubleheader It's there. not something you enjoy, so why it wouldn't matter if it was 90 oh, minutes. I, so. I enjoy your, your company, so I would go with you if that was... Something that you wanted to do. We have friends that moved down to Florida, and they made it. I made a deal with them that if they came up to go to WrestleMania, that I would go. But I'm kind of secretly hoping they they don't come up because you know what? A Sunday in eight, early April could be like in New Jersey, either uh, seventy degrees or negative ten degrees. Yeah, and the last time WrestleMania was at MetLife Stadium, uh, it was one of those raw spring days that we have here, like. Uh, what year was it when it snowed at Yankee Stadium for opening day? 96. 96. It was, no, it was like one of those like upper 40s, low 50, drizzly mm. gray days. Ugh. It rains so much in April. April showers. Bring May flowers. I have one last voicemail from from one of our uh, returning guests, uh, if you want to take a listen. Hey, guys, this is Katie Sharp calling to congratulate you on your 100th episode this is awesome i i can't i can't even believe that you're at number 100 right now i think i was the second interview that you guys had um way back in august uh 2017 i was just looking through some of my uh my archives and wow oh my god so 100 since then that's uh 100 episodes since then that that's pretty incredible you guys and uh you know, I know I, I'm just going to wish you guys, wish you all the best of luck going forward. Probably going to have a hundred more, maybe even a thousand more uh, episodes, I'm sure. Um, you know, as long as the Yankees keep winning, as long as they keep uh, keep playing baseball there in the Bronx, I think you guys should keep doing your podcast and have me on again. Come on. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, congrats, Chris, Christian, and, and the stack guy, uh, Ryan. Um, you guys have been doing. You guys have done an awesome job, and I'll look forward to uh, hearing what you guys have to say for this season. Let's go Yankees! Did Katie Sharp just steal your your tagline? <laughs> Kinda. Oh no, did. it's it's just go Yanks. She didn't. What I'm very impressed is that she's living up to her moniker of being the stats queen because she knew the she knew the exact episode date. and date, and she acted like she had to go back to her Not archives. She. she met. She's like Rain Man. She's like in, it's in her mental role. It she's really like, is. It really is the incredible Katie Sharp. Thank you to all of our uh, guests that took the time and and had a few nice words to say for us. We appreciate it. Uh, Joe Rivera, Dan Federico as well. I did lie though. I did lie because I do have one last surprise and one last voicemail to play from the OG himself. It wouldn't be a true hundredth episode without hearing the voice of our next buddy. Hi fellas, Patrick here all the way from sunny Ireland. Just wanted to call to say many congratulations on reaching 100 episodes of at in my way. ST podcast. You three guys sum up what being a Yankee fan is all about with this podcast. You bring passion and discussion and pride and you wear your hearts on your sleeve when you talk about our great team. As a fan, it's been a pleasure to follow you as you've grown this pod. We all, as, as fans, have experienced the highs and the lows of Yankees baseball. But for me, this is the best and remains the best and it's the only podcast when it comes to Yankees baseball that I listen to. From F-Bones to B-Butts and Stock Guy Ray's porn star follower, 
you guys never fail to make us followers laugh. I look forward to the next 100 episodes, fellas, and shall raise the glass to your success. Take care. Go Yanks. Now he stole your your tag that line. That was plagiarism. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Patrick, you're you the man. You think copyright dude. laws fly across the Atlantic Ocean? Uh, they do now. <laughs> Who's been more loyal as a listener, fan of our show? I mean, that's why we call him the OG. The OG. And he wears that like a badge of honor. Patrick, from, from when we first started, this guy not only listened to us and supported us, he would change his twitter banner to make sure people listen to us he's always contributed to anything that we put out he's and he's like our pit bull like we sick him on people oh yeah <laughs> and he's a scary dude he's a scary dude oh yeah he ex-army guy in ireland so you know patrick you have forever just labeled us the fellas that's all i think of whenever your name pops up is that i'm gonna get a good Later, fellas, or something like that from you. Patrick, you're the man. Thank you for always supporting us no matter what, even when we rip you on the show. And we, not, we don't it. want to make it seem like we only care about one of our fans. We care about all of our fans. Uh, so, again, I said earlier in the show, thank you from the bottom of I'll speak for these two idiots from the bottom of all our hearts for all the support through these 100 episodes to see the incredible growth of NYY Sports Talk in this podcast from that atrocious first episode that God only knows how Chris got Vic D... D, <laughs> D Batetto. D Batetto to uh, do it to where we are right now at episode 100. Uh, it's just been an incredible ride. It's something that just started as a uh, an outlet so we wouldn't yell at each other over text messages while uh, watching games to see it grow into a you know a successful business venture now has just been it's been pretty wild and great to see and speaking of that uh as you can hear and as you can see um we do have an exclusive sponsor so why don't we take a quick break and hear from them before we wrap up the show hey have you heard about baseballism <laughs> A premium lifestyle apparel brand focusing on the class, tradition, and history of baseball. You can find everything from accessories such as phone cases and watches to your next favorite baseball tee. Whether you're a player or just a fan of the game, Baseballism has something for everyone. They also have multiple stores, including one in Cooperstown, home of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Hop online to Baseballism.com and check out all they have to offer. Just be sure to use promo code NYYST at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Baseballism, a brand built for love of the game. I was thinking, right, if it wasn't for Vic DiBattetto saying yes before our first episode, I don't know if I would have had the same drive and not not in a sense of sitting behind the microphone and giving it my all, having the same drive of knowing that if you reach out and if you are professional and do things the right way, that there are people who are going to say yes. And from there, Katie Sharp, Brian Hoke, and the list goes on. Ben Heller. Ben Heller. You know, 
a bunch of people that I never thought I'd speak to have have said yes. And that's a big part of why we've continued so long and, and have absolutely no plans of, of stopping. Oh, geez, who thought we would ever talk to John Sterling. So, again, thank you to the Voice of the New York Yankees for joining us for our 100th episode. Uh, it's been an incredible ride. It was What was it, Katie, that said... Um, do a thousand more, which would take us what twenty years to get to a thousand, based on how far. Yeah, I'll long? definitely still be be around. Oh. You'll be what fifty five. You'll be pushing it, dude. You think you still want to be doing this in your fifties? Yeah, maybe I do. I would want to sell a company by then. <laughs> really? <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll bring on younger talent and manage manage the talent. Wow. I mean, Jesus, if there's still a, a market for us to be talking Yankee baseball when we're in our 50s, we'll be the in, some of the most blessed people on this planet. You think we'll still be just as energetic enough in hating each other during the shows? It'll be worse because yeah, now it'll be another 20 years of being together. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, you know what? We got the first 100 down. Let's see what's in store for the next 100. Absolutely, man. So uh, I, again, thank you for listening to episode 100 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's that guy, Rye. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Go Yanks. Chris, for the 100th time. Say goodbye. Peace.